0: Welcome to ReFramed, a podcast created to educate, encourage, and inspire parents and professionals. The research is clear. Parenting a child that has a history of loss, abuse, neglect, or trauma requires parenting skills and insight to be reframed. We partner with child welfare experts to bring you evidence-based and research-driven information. Guests strive to make an impact on our world by creating conversations about topics that are important to you, your family, and our communities.
1: Hello, and welcome to Reframed. My name is Tiffany Anderson, and I'm your host. Today's show is all about reframing sensory integration. We have two special guests with us today. Heather Rogers, who manages Gladney's Foster Home for Girls, and Stacy Wright from Stacy's Sensory Solutions. Welcome, and let's dive in. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Stacy, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Well,
2: my background is education. I taught for 15 years before I had um, my oldest, Natalie. And she is actually the reason I started this company, Stacy Sensory Solutions. She has sensory integration disorder, which means that her sensory input is not always processed the way it should be in her brain, and it doesn't give the correct information to have the right reaction. And so when she was five, we uh, we found out that she was diagnosed with this. And I started trying to uh, just support her as a mom and the Business grew from there. As I was making things, I actually made things for her. Um, and as I was making things, then her therapists were coming to me saying, Oh, can you make this for this other family? And then it grew and grew and grew and grew. And now, 12 years later, you know, I have a store and a website, and we help families all over the United States. Wow. Talk about timing. I can only imagine the things that you see coming
1: in now. So what I love is that here you are just a mom. Tell me a little about sensory inputs.
2: Okay, so we have seven different ways that um, we get sensory input to our brain. And you you know about the five senses already. Um, so we get input through all of those. Plus, in addition to that, we also get input through our vestibular system and our proprioceptive system. And our vestibular system is has to do with the the uh, balance in our ears and that ear canal and, and the position our head has in space. And then the proprioceptive system is the input that we receive in our joints, in our big muscles. And that helps us know where we are in space. And so those two are not uh, you know, always known by people uh, as a, a another source of input, but they all have to be looked at. We all need sensory input. So you might be hypersensitive to a particular input, meaning that you don't like it, or you might be craving, you might be trying to get more input through that direction. I'm curious As far as your store in Plano,
1: you've seen probably all walks of life come in.
2: Yes. The same kinds of things that are calming um, and regulating for a child can be calming and regulating for an adult and or senior, but they look different. You know, it's a toy if you're playing with it. It's a tool if it's actually solving a problem, if it's addressing an issue. And so I try to use the word tool a lot with um, my customers and my families because it really is, we need to have tools in our toolbox to help us be the best selves we have. I mean, that's incredible. And we see it every
1: day with Gladney and all of the different you know clients that we talk to, families. And speaking of which, so Heather is here today again. She really helps to head up our Gladney home.
0: How did you guys get connected? We started the Gladney home and um, we were learning a lot. And I think we realized that we had a missing piece and we weren't really meeting the sensory needs of all of our girls and we wanted to make sure when we started this program that it was very holistic and that we were meeting all of the needs. Um, and so Stacy and I got connected and we did some communicating first and, um, the pandemic hit. And then finally, Stacy was able to come out, we were all masked up, she looked at our space. And Stacy actually had the idea, we have two spaces specifically in the Gladney home for our girls, we have a calming space and an active space. Um, and it was really Stacy's vision that helped us separate those two. So one of our rooms is if the girls need to get out some energy, if they need to move their bodies, if they are just maybe having a hard time, there is a space, a room um, to meet those needs. And then, If, um, the home is feeling overwhelming, if it's loud, if there's too much going on, there is a calming room space, um, to help her regulate her body in that way, I think the calming room is probably my favorite room in the Gladney home. It is very Zen. It is very calming, but it also offers a lot of different options for our girls. Um, I'll let Stacy talk about the different things, but one of the great things that she did is she helped me label different bins to have fidgets and it shows what type of fidget it is and what need it might meet, um, which is also helpful for our girls because then they can learn, oh, this specific fidget is what helps me when I'm feeling anxious or this specific fidget is what helps me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then they can start to use their voice to then meet the needs that they have.
1: And label those emotions.
0: Right, and those are those sensory needs, so they know. Oh, I like this one, or I like that one, and and everyone has a different favorite. And you've got to have a wide variety. And in that case, um, you just it. Uh, you need to
2: have things that where you can get pressure, where you can get movement, where you can touch texture. Those are the three biggest that I you know just to talk about three big areas to look for. So if you're trying to find sensory um, things for a sensory room. Those are the three big areas to think about. So, all of your weighted products, you're getting pressure from them. All of your squeezing type of uh, stress balls, you're getting pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, texture, your that texture is regulating as it's going through your skin. That's one of your um, one of your your uh, senses is the sense of touch. Tactile is a really big thing, and what is relaxing and, and feels good to one person does not feel good to another. So you really have to try everything to know what's
0: right for, for you in particular. One of the things when Stacy was creating our calming room, she said, I'm personally going to make the decor for the walls all in, it's going, the intention is for it all to be touched. And so um, not only does it look beautiful, but it is intentional on the walls for everyone to be able to touch it. And anytime I give a tour, whether it's adults, whether it's a possible youth who's going to be moving in, I mean, they are just attracted to the wall and their hands go on it and they want to touch it. And that's what it's there for. Um, But it does. I mean, it's just people zone in to the different textures and fabrics and things like that to touch whatever they feel like they need in that moment. So it's really cool to watch.
1: That's really interesting. So sensory, when I think of this calming room, or I think of just a fidget, is it really just to regulate like a behavior or are you looking to calm from like
2: anxiety, depression? I mean, what do you typically... It could be any of those. That's the thing is that um, it might be the movement that you need in order to keep your hands busy so that you can focus on something. Or it might be that you ha- you're you feeling overwhelmed and you need something to regulate your body back down. Um, it could even be aromatherapy. You know, there's a lot out there about the oils and things now. Um, and um, what is a good uh, fragrance to one is not a good fragrance to another. Um, and so y- you have to find what's right for you. And And in the end, all we're doing... By providing sensory tools um, in whatever environment, whether it's in your home, it's in your church, it's in a residential residential home or a school, we want to have a variety of, of tools available to anyone who needs them. So Heather, let me ask you this. Did you see a
1: tremendous difference in the girls from the time before sensory room to sensory room being input? Was there like a difference in, in probably moods and just the environment and temperature of the home itself?
0: I think, yes, I think that kind of on trend with what Stacey's saying, it gave us more tools. Mm-hmm. So if we can tell when someone is feeling overwhelmed or starting to ramp themselves up because they're about to become dysregulated. I love that. I have to say, I was able to go into Stacy's store right before Christmas to get some stocking stuffers for the girls and Um, that was one of the huge benefits is she said, okay, if you have a kiddo that tends to lean towards this or tends to like this, I want you to try this out because here's what it does. And if you have a kiddo that doesn't like that, but likes this, try this one. And literally she walked me through the store and, and explained every reason why I would be putting those certain fidgets in my basket so that then I could think about the specific girls that we have in the home and go, okay, this is going to be a good fit for her. She may not like that, but she's going to really love this one. And how cool is that?
1: And now, I mean, there are these new terms. I mean, I think you mentioned one, which was neurodivergent.
2: Yes. Can you and tell us a little bit about so that? So, Neurodivergent is a, is a term that's come out, um, or at least come into popularity, I would say, in the last year or two. Um, and it just refers to a person that thinks differently from someone else. So it's that simple. And, um, and, and I like the fact that our world is, is getting broader in its thinking, and there's no right way or wrong way to do something. There's just your way you know, you do you. And I think we need our children, our youth to understand it's okay to need different things. It's okay to figure out what you need. And that difference isn't bad, it's just different. And that it's okay to try and find um, solutions that are unique and work for you.
1: So what are some of the places that you have actually um, worked with or partnered with to place these sensory rooms? Because before I even had a chance to talk to you, the first thing I thought is, oh it's all about you know knowing the studies, it's all about sensory input. I'm not impacted by that. I didn't know that everybody is impacted by that. So with that said, it's not just placed in a medical facility. I mean these are placed in are they placed in schools? I mean yes
2: what does So that look we've like? actually put sensory rooms into uh, pediatric psychiatric, Pediatric psychiatric wards, mm-hmm. uh, residential wards, uh, schools, uh, school districts, uh, you know, school district wide. We've done it in specialty schools where, um, like, uh, many of the districts will have an alternative type of school. K through 12 for children that have a lot of um, behaviors that make it impossible for them to work within the regular classroom environment, and they've got whole whole campuses K through 12 for that type of student. And um, we've participated with um, school districts in bringing in that sensory environment to the whole school because those kids have differences. We behavior behavior is communication. When our, when our children or youth or adults are, are doing certain behaviors, that's telling us something. And we have to look at it and go, what's it telling us? So that we can meet everybody's needs. And that's what sensory rooms do. They provide a, a wide variety of things for a va- wide variety of um, people using it. We also um, worked with... Um, the Dallas Community Center, to provide a, a sensory, a whole youth sensory center um, for their youth to use that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. And so um, many of these kids are, are are feeling a lot of anxiety with um, having different choices, not fitting in well, trying to figure out themselves, and... Um, And the sensory environment is very regulating and makes them feel like they're important. Their needs are important.
1: But I like the idea of having tools in my toolbox because I'm telling you, I can hear a pen marking on a paper a mile away. I can hear shoes squeaking. And the one thing that drives me insane are pens clicking. What would
2: you recommend? (laughs) Well, I would say that... um, your definition for what fidgets are probably needs to be much broader. Um, I would guess that I could show you some fidgets that you really did enjoy, but you're thinking of um, sounds, um, uh, movements that you find annoying, and um, that's just like uh, uh, others are. On um, uh, you can have you can have youth that are or adults, as as you are, um, that are um, agitated by certain things, and that's a sensory input that is not calming. And so we as adults know, well, we just have to get away from the guy that's clicking the pen, or we have to... uh, we require certain things in order for us to work effectively at our desks. And our children don't know these. You know, we as adults, this is, this is knowledge that we've developed over the years to figure out what works for us. And so we have to teach the kids to explore what works for them? What is that irritating movement versus what is that calming movement or sound? So, if we're talking about the different systems that we have, so like auditory, you brought that up. My daughter cannot stand to be in a quiet room during testing, she's 19. And um, she hears everybody marking with their pencils on the paper. And I never knew that. I've never heard that sound myself. Um, And I found out because I bought these special pencils, which I need to send you. I'll send them to you in the mail um, because you don't like the sound of (laughs) pencils either. But these pencils are colored pencils. And when I showed them to Natalie several years ago, she was like, oh, I really like those because they don't make any sound. And I said, well, what are you talking about? They don't make any sound. And she said, oh, pencils pencils make horrible sounds and I just can't stand it when the room is really quiet and I have to listen to all those sounds and I can't focus on trying to get my answers down because I'm Listening to everybody mark on their paper, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! There's a whole, there's a whole area of irritation I didn't know about." So um, I think that's a good example of that on olfactory—that's talking about the smells that we have, and so we can use aromatherapy. Um, some people love lavender; other people hate lavender. It gives them migraines. You know, we're also very, very different. But even smells like coffee beans in a little bag can be be helpful for kids when there are other smells that are bothersome to them to be around. Having a little sachet of coffee beans or lavender or whatever is regulating for you so that you have that close to your face and you're not having to smell the the offending smells as much makes a whole lot of sense. Then the tactile system is a huge system. Tactile texture is huge. It It can be very offensive Somebody hates the certain texture of something. My daughter hates flocking. Then the oral system, talking about putting things in our mouth. One of the reasons why people put so many things in their mouths as a baby, babies do, is because they're trying to get information about it. We have taste buds. I can't remember how many, but lots and lots of taste buds all over our tongue. That gives us so much feeling through our tongue. So many times when people are putting something in their mouth, It's giving them more information straight to the brain, telling them about that item. You've talked about sensory. You've talked about input. But what about trauma? Sensory input has a huge part in trauma, uh, calming regulating people. And, um, and we found that, that, that children that are really suffering from, uh, with their mental health due to traumatic experiences, they need more sensory input. That is a good vehicle to, um, just one of the tools that you can use to help them heal. And, uh, an example that I, that's one of my most, um, Profound examples was um, that uh, there was a man that was burned, uh, 90% of his body was burned in a car accident, and his wife is in the social uh, work field, and she called me and asked if um, she could try a weighted blanket with him, and she said he had not slept. All of his wounds were healed except a few on his feet, but um, he had not slept in a year and through the night in a year. And um, so she borrowed a weighted blanket from me. This was back before you could find them everywhere and that sort of thing. And he slept for the first time in a year. And the only thing that changed was the weighted blanket. And she called me the next morning, and she was like, he slept. He slept for eight hours. And it did not involve another medication. And so I think we need to look at things. Medication is important, but we need to look at other things that can be tools in addition to um, the medication that can make a difference in the trauma that that our children and our adults have gone through. And I think COVID and the pandemic is definitely taking a toll on our society, especially on our youth. Um, anxiety levels are way up and we've got to help um, students and, and adults and youth figure out how to take care of themselves. Have you seen that in the, uh, Heather, in the Gladney um, Century Room?
0: Well, I would just I was going to say that, you know, the the kids that we work with in foster care and the girls that live in the Gladney home have all come from some form or another of trauma. And um, you mentioned, you know, in a classroom, the clicking of a pen or the hearing of a pencil writing on paper and um, many kids who um, maybe haven't been through traumatic experiences um, or lived a life full of trauma might be able to regulate themselves and just go, oh, that is so annoying annoying, it drives me crazy, and then move along. And what we see is a lot of our kiddos who have experienced trauma don't know how to regulate themselves. So they hear that annoying sound and it, you know, their anger goes through the roof or they, you know, throw a chair or they leave the room or they start yelling because they can't verbalize and regulate themselves to be able to say that sound is so annoying to me they, they just can't. And so one of the things that the sensory room has helped us to do is really give them words to what tools help them. Oh, I really like it when I can put this weighted lap pad on my, on my lap. Oh, I love being in this stretchy Lycra suit that Stacy created for us. It, it makes me feel good to be able to stretch my body, but feel that pressure, um, giving them tools and then us really observing what those tools are so that we can then communicate that with their teams, with their school, um, hopefully with, the adoptive parents that adopt them um, to say, "Hey, these are the tools that we've really found that help," and also for them to be able to advocate for themselves. So, raise their hand in class. Go to the teacher. Hey, this is really hard for me to focus when I hear this. Can I please go to another room, or can I put my headphones on? Or, or that gives them appropriate and healthy ways to communicate that then sets sets them up for success.
1: So, Stacy and Heather, thank you both so much. We have covered. A lot, but Stacy, most importantly, I know that you have a store in Plano. Tell us how our audience can stay connected.
2: Um, well, we have a store in Plano, it's 2,000 square feet um, of just product, and um, everyone that works for me has. Um, either someone in their family or, or themselves um, that is struggling with anxiety or focus issues or is neurodivergent. And so when you call even, we are there to talk to you. So we have lots of people call us and say, okay, this is going on. What, what are your thoughts on this? And we can give you some suggestions for things. You have things in your own home that you don't have to go purchase somewhere that you can use. And um, And my staff is here to just give you things to try, ideas to try, solutions— and, um, so stop by, look at our website. We have, a, uh, uh, everything that we have in the store is also on the website and, um,
0: and don't hesitate to just call and reach out. Stacey also has a Facebook page. I'm going to give her a shameless plug, Stacy Sensory Solutions. And she does a Facebook live on Fridays where she does sometimes show off her products. And that's how I sometimes get a view of what's, what she's got in the store. And then I'll message her, Hey, Stacy, can I order this? So, um, that's been a great resource for us in the Gladney home as well.
1: Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you learned something new and enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thanks for listening to ReFramed. Visit GladneyUniversity.org to access the show notes and learn about upcoming trainings at Gladney University. We'd love your feedback, so please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.